Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 107 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Title sponsor, Digitex. Wishing you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Oilers in Montreal, puck drop at uh, 7.09 on the Oilers Radio Network. It'll be uh, Cam Moon, myself, Along with Rob Brown and Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels and Louie will have the call on the TV side uh, for you, along with Tony Brar. And uh, we will uh, tell you that you can reach us at any time in the River Creek Resort and Casino Highline. Keep texting us. Ashley Fine Floors text line. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for 35 years. We're going to bring aboard Darcy McLeod, known to many of you as Wood Guy. And uh, last week, he put out a quick thread on, uh, and I'm going to read the exact uh, tweet. It said uh, from Woodguy55 at Woodguy55. Quick thread on why I think Edmonton will finish better than most models and pundits predict. Pundits underestimate how much playing with meh. Uh, players, meh, players can drag down even the best in the league. McDavid having meh help from January 1st on affected his results until Nuge got there. Uh, they talked about uh, McDavid having rehab the knee and looking uh, better already, fresher and healthier. Try settle on his own line. A uh, good player in Yamamoto. Uh, projecting uh, various uh, you know success rates in terms of uh, goal share for uh, McDavid and Drysaddle, all that kind of stuff. And then he talked about tourists, etc., etc., etc. Well, that was before the season started. The orders are 1-2 and two currently, and we are going to bring Darcy McLeod, a.k.a. Wood Guy, aboard. Hi, Darcy. How are you? Doing good, Bob. How are you? Good. What was your response to that series of tweets that you put out regarding your projections for how you envision the Oilers doing this season? Well, some some people were positive. Some people thought I was on glue. Uh, some people thought I was uh, putting too much stock in tourists, and based on the first three games, maybe I am. Uh, you know, I did, I did that series of uh, Oilers searching for a third-line center over uh, the off-season there, and I tourists did not show up well on what I was doing because his goal share in uh, Nashville was almost as poor as uh, Sheehan's here. 
and but uh, Turris's uh, shot share was o- always okay, and that's you know kind of thinking, well, maybe he's going to have a little bit more help here, but uh, his shot share here so far isn't that good. The two, the the really three key, three key things to the Oilers not sliding out of the playoff picture was healthy uh, healthy Koskinen and a decent backup. I, I still didn't like the Smith signing. Said that on last time yes. I was on your show. Yep. Yep. Turris stopping the bleeding on the third line because that's where all the bleeding was last year, and Jones being able to fill in for a cleft bomb, and we see a little bit of wobble in Jones. We see some wobble in Taurus, so hopefully they can they can figure out uh, how to get both of those things fixed. I like that they're putting Negard with uh, Taurus tonight. I'm not a giant fan of Archibald there because he tends to drag his... Uh, it doesn't matter where he plays within the lineup, they seem to do a little bit worse with him, whereas uh, Negard's small, small sample last year, uh, he actually was, was a bit of a boost to the lines he was on. So we'll see how he does there, but they need to put the puck in the net. It's They they haven't scored at all. The bottom six hasn't scored at all. They've been outscored uh, 6-0. Tourist's line outscored 4-0, uh, and uh, the fourth line outscored 2-0 both both times when uh, uh, Kyra was centering it. So, you know, he's moved Kyra out. Hopefully we, they, he can get uh, Tourist some help, and, and we'll see what happens with the defense, right? Well, it's interesting, uh, Dar- and we'll, we'll get to McDavid and Drysaddle in a second, but just circling back to Haas, who ended up getting a bonus for plus-minus last year. Haas, awesome. and, uh, Haas and Nygaard, those guys did okay when they played. Like they, all, all they need to do is play even, and you'll take your chances with McDavid and Drysaddle centering their own lines. Is that is that not how you'd kind of... Oh, inter- 100%, yeah, well, and, and the special team should outscore. They're tied 2-2 now after getting two PK goals uh, last game, but yeah, uh, you think your top six is going to outscore. You think your special teams are going to outscore. The bottom can, six can just not give up too much, not even break even, just don't give up too much, and right now they're giving up everything, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what might be interesting, Bob, is if Haas is your third-line center by the end of the year, eh? I didn't mind Haas. He's small, and but he, he was... Wow. He could skate, and he was in the fight. I didn't, but if Turris doesn't pick it up, who the hell knows what's going to happen, right? Well, yeah, the thing that's interesting with me, with Turris, is he looks fatigued at the end of his shifts, and you know, um, like 37 to 41 seconds in, now he's spending a lot of time in their own zone. Um, he's not a 56-57% face-off guy like Derek Ryan is in Calgary, who's getting bounced in and around on their lineup, and I always think that if you're in those bottom two lines, you got to have a puck, and one way to have the puck is to win draws. Alright, the big boys. Uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl, are, are we at the stage now where would you agree or disagree with this comment? The Oilers' fortunes changed last year when Drysaddle centered his own line or when Yamamoto was recalled and joined Drysaddle on that line because, to me, Yamamoto is kind of getting it done again here to start the year, and I'm starting to think that maybe Yamamoto didn't get it. He, I mean, he had 26 points in 27 games plus 17, Darcy. Is there is there something that Yamamoto does that tilts the ice when he's out there? Well, yeah, he goes and gets the puck back. And he's quick to do it. He's got great edges, and he drives opposing defensemen nuts. He's stripping pucks in the ozone like 90. He's the best forechecker on the team. Getting the puck, getting the puck back is the key to hockey. You're not always going to have it, but when you don't have it, go get the damn thing. Everyone was all upset about Nuge not playing on that line because they had 70% goal share last year. Well, they got 75 so far this year without Nuge, like Dreisaitl and Yamamoto. But yeah, there's no question that Yamamoto is, you know, not, he gets the puck back, and then he knows where to go, right? Like 
on his very first goal of the year against Vancouver, strips the puck off Yolevi, gives it to Dreisaitl, puts himself in a shooting position, and smacks it home. It's like... If the Oilers had all kinds of players like that, you wouldn't worry about them. And they need more. They, and that's actually one of the things I liked about Haas. Haas was, a, you know, not that the center forechecks that much, but he was a, he was a really good forechecker too. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. RNH, uh, is there a caliber of opportunities? Uh, because for me, he's had some looks in the first and third game that if he scores at critical times in those games, the Oilers got to play both games. But if he scores, the outcome becomes a little bit different. Well, of course, but you can't you, you can't sit. You know, it's really tough to to judge which pucks are going in and which pucks aren't. There's so many little variables, and goal scoring is, right. can be a little bit streaky, random, lucky, you name it. So, not getting on a guy for bearing a few to start is, you know, I get why, but it's it's. I'll wait for a while before passing judgment. Sure, and again, last year he heated up tremendously in the second. So you're not at all concerned about McDavid or Drysaddle's lines, is what you're saying? Oh God, no. Okay. What do you, you see? I wouldn't mind a better winger for for McDavid, but you know, based on um, uh, uh, you know, better right winger. But based on how uh, how it's going with Tour so far, I'm I'm afraid to move uh, Pulleyarby off that line because you can't have that third line being a black hole. And right yeah. now it is. And, and Tourist without Pulleyarby is getting absolutely buried. Not even ten percent of the shot share. So it's important that he has good help. All right. And so you, are you fairly positive what you're seeing at this point, Darcy, out of Pulleyarby uh, from an analytics perspective? Does it support that? Uh, I haven't dug too far uh, down into Pulleyarvey analytics-wise, but uh, for what he's doing or how Turris is doing with him without him, it's 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 pretty stark. Okay, you know they could they could use a goal like everyone on the bottom six, but uh, in terms of the shot share, it's pretty stark. It's not great, but it's it's still w- without Pulleyarvey, it's it's even worse. All right, so. Comfortable with the top two lines, concerned about what we're seeing in the bottom six. I think most of the fans get that. Uh, you said Jones taking on some of Clefbaum's minutes. I think Cuckoo's been okay, uh, sort of further down the lineup. Give me your overall assessment of what we're seeing and how much of the actual goal share is being driven by some challenges on the back end. Well, yeah, obviously some of it's going to be driven by by the challenges on the back end, but they're they're not exiting. What what I don't like about the defensive game, and I, the forwards really have to own some of this, is that they're not exiting their own zone with the puck like they were for a good chunk of the second half of last season. By the you know they're making those sixty foot passes into fifty fifty pickups in in the, in the neutral zone instead of skating the puck out into the neutral zone in on the forward stick. Like making those short twelve fifteen foot passes to exit the zone with with possession. Montreal did, and and Vancouver for that matter just did that to death against the Oilers in the two games that they won. And you know that's how you make the other teams. That's how you make the other the other team's goalie tired is that they have to crouch the entire time you're in the O-zone. That's not easy to do. And if there's one thing I, I don't like, and I, I can't put it all on the defenseman, but they're not hitting that small pass to exit the zone with uh, with possession. And it's really, it's driving things into the ground because they're, they're not winning the shot share game when the, when the, when the game's in the balance. Uh, one thing I have liked about uh, Cuckoo, well, uh, sorry, one thing that, that we got to know about Cuckoo is that when he was with Chicago last year, he was actually playing second pair of minutes on the right-hand side. So you can kind of see what Tippett's thinking. If, if he wanted to sit bare for whatever reason well, after sleeping on the play where the, 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 the breakaway had, goal happened. He had, a, he had a couple tough plays now. He didn't, the box yeah. out on Tatar in front of Lynette, like he didn't handle Tatar. He got driven back into the goalie. Puck kicks in him as well. He didn't have, you know, but, I, you know, I kind of, like, to me, Ethan's had 
I thought he was okay in the first two games. Didn't like the third the game. The second game, he was the best. He was the he was the best Oilers defenseman in the second game. Right, and the numbers would support not, that. Yeah, right. he was not good in the third game. Right, and then but Jones obviously has struggled as well. So it's it's interesting that it's Nurse and Cuckoo. Should there be more expectation out of Darnell, in your opinion? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, he he went head hunting on. Uh, on uh, Tatar, uh, Tatar's, Tatar, <laughs> Tatar's first goal, the one he sniped like right in the corner, ridiculous shot. But uh, instead of playing his position, Nurse went for the Mark Fistrick, put yourself out of position, smashed the guy into the boards play, missed. <laughs> and uh, that was part of the reason that Tatar was uh, sprung a little clean. So uh, they all have to be better, Bob. There's no yeah. question they all have to be better. But it's when you think about the change, everyone's losing their mind on Twitter about the changes in the defense. But when you think about it from a coaching perspective, okay, I want to take out my number one right-handed defenseman. I, I need to put someone up there who, who, in the top four, who has experience doing it and has done it well. Barry, you know what? Not really. Barry doesn't play well when he has to, like, he did it okay in, in Colorado, but anytime he's above his established level, he gets pounded five by five. All of, most of Barry's, um, value is offensive and he's never been a great defender of top six players so and and, and Tippett's done a, a pretty admirable job of giving him third pair type minutes so far and I think that's where he can really flourish that on the power play so who's your other option if you can't move him up or you can't move Bouchard immediately into the top four he's got a guy who played second pair right on his in his lineup with Cuckoo okay so there's that and then okay now we need another left-hander so he's going to slide um, he's going to slide Russell into to third pair left, you can see his thinking there. If he need, if he felt he needed to scratch Bear, and everyone's kind of losing their mind, and I get it because Bear's a fan favorite. He's my favorite too, but you can see what he's thinking there. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's inevitable Bouchard draws in at some point, or do you think this is a? Oh, he, he'll have to for sure. Yeah, because I mean, do you buy the the size issue? I mean, to, to me, to to me, it's all about competitiveness. But I, I I'm going to tell you right now, Darcy. I think long term, uh, Evan Bouchard and Philip Roberg will will have higher ceilings than any of the current Oilers defensemen. And I wouldn't bet again. And I'd also suggest to you, based on what we're seeing out of Romanov with the Canadians, Samarukov's playing on the exact same team in the exact same slot for Montreal, or that uh, Romanov was in a year ago uh, over at Seska, right? He's not getting power play time. He's in a shutdown defensive role, and he's bigger. And I do think when it comes to defensemen, the size and range matters, which is why I'm going to bet a bit on Bouchard and Broberg. But I'd like to get your thoughts. Is, has there been any sort of you know, analytics numbers to suggest otherwise? Uh, you know, you, you got to look at every player individually, but uh, just, you know, so I'm not going to say I haven't looked at it analytically. You know, it does a larger player do better than a smaller player? I don't think you can really break it down that easy because each player has their different abilities. I agree with the concept on the whole. You'd rather a defenseman be a little bit bigger because physically defending the slot is a thing you actually have to do. It. Getting the puck back from the other team's top six forwards is a thing you have to do along the boards in the D zone. And unless you have, you know, you need good edges and a great stick a little bit of size can help if you don't have those things so it's, it's all a combination of what exactly what exactly the player is and what do they do well in terms of um is is Bouchard going to get in there? There's no question Bouchard's going to get in there. But right now, Tippett's facing a one and two. He doesn't want to get into a deeper hole. It's not the time to really let let's let's try the new guy up there, someone he doesn't know. It's it, you can just you can get the the thinking about all of it. But you're right with with larger defensemen coming who have high high end ceilings. You can see the Oilers' defense getting a little bit bigger for sure, yeah. and that's yes. a good thing. If, 
if they can play. You know, size for players who can't play is a totally different equation. Well, both guys can skate. I mean, Broberg can really skate. Uh, Bouchard, I think Bouchard's improved quite a bit over the last calendar year. It's going to be interesting. Uh, so, bottom line, have you moved off at all in your your feelings and, and, and where we were at three games ago, or are you still quite bullish on this team? I'm quite bullish on the team, but, boy, the, the, the tourist thing starting to scare me a bit, Bob. The tourist thing is scaring me more than anything else. The, the, the backup goaltending situation has scared me from day one. Those are the, the two biggest things right now. And, and you know my whole fallback on that. Every step all since the 9th of October on, yes, yeah, but they got Forsberg. And then they lost Forsberg on waivers. I, you know, that's, and yeah, maybe, that's a real kick in the butt. He might come back, but for the next couple of weeks, you're going to, you know, you can't yeah. overplay your goalies because even good goalies are going to get driven into the ground. And well, so for the next couple of weeks, it's it's a big, bloody deal. Yeah, absolutely. Darcy, how do people follow you? At Woodguy55 on Twitter. And Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. My blog is becauseoilers.blogspot.com. All right, thanks for your time, Darcy. Anytime, Bob. You bet. And again, he did an excellent series in the offseason on third-line centers. Uh, there were some surprising numbers along the way. And, and I'll be honest, uh, my hope is that Turris has got a lot more to give than maybe we've seen through the... I did not envision Turris and Poliarvi, uh, uh, Archibald's dash, too, but Turris and Poliarvi are both minus four through three games. Um it's sort of replicating what happened last year a bit. Uh, Darcy mentioned the, uh, the drag with Archibald. Uh, you know, the first 19 games, I think he was double digits minus and hadn't scored. And then uh, an opportunity presented itself, and the Oilers moved Archibald up with McDavid in Vancouver. He ended up picking up a goal and assist in an Oilers victory. Kind of started changing the momentum. And then Archibald got double-digit goals, got all the way up to 12 goals. Um, I, I think, frankly, what we are seeing, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong on this, Text us at 780-496-0063. Watching the games, the, because of the shortened season, because it's a, uh, you know, there's a saying, well, it's a marathon, not a sprint, an 82-game schedule. It's not like that. And to me, the degree of intensity has been higher than I expected, frankly. And you got to be going every game. And I think it's going to be tougher for bottom six guys to contribute offense as a result. Um so we'll wait and see. And, and certainly for defensemen, if you're not playing on the power play, it's going to be tough to generate 5v5 points. Now that said, uh, Nurse, Cuckoo, and Larson all have scored goals <laughs> through the first three games. So you'll take that. If you could get uh, 56 goals out of your defense this year, that'd be good. But they got to get some more juice coming from uh, certainly from Turris's line. And I do think once Haas and Neil uh, get healthy, they're in. 
There's going to be no debate about that. Uh, Neil's uh, the owners are going to see what they're going to get out of shore here in the next couple of games, and um, and I think we'll see a scenario where they end up with four left wings and four right wings. We're going to take a quick timeout. It's one twenty-five at Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad.